You are now listening to the Messed Up series. Okay. So what best way to end our season of our first season of the Messed Up Seminars than having another of our students talking, entrepreneur as well, uh, great person, and will give us suggestions on how to avoid to procrastinate and having uh, ways to make our day work. Um, I love that. I learned a lot today, so I'm really happy about it. Thanks, Alex. Very important topic. <laughs> it is. Also because when working from home, we don't have even the peer pressure, so it's kind of a different environment where having these kind of advices is even more essential. Well, so today is the last, the last uh, episode of uh, Messed Up series for this academic year, and we'll restart it again. Uh, September onwards um, with the new academic year. So it's, as Enrico mentioned, it's great to have you guys here with us throughout the journey. And um, just Enrico, before we start, let's just give a brief idea. Maybe there are people joining us for the first time, what the Messed Up series is and what to expect from the session today. So our main goal is to talk about um, um, failures and lessons learned about specific topics that we usually don't talk about. Um, we generally tend to talk about successes and then we never share these um, experiences um, that we go through and that ends um, end up with failure. So we want to encourage knowledge transfer among the um, members of our department. And we want, to some extent, we wanted to replace the chit chat that we miss really uh, in the department over lunch, uh, over coffee breaks and so on. So we are interested in failures and we are interested in hearing about the lessons learned. And that's why we have Alex with us today. So welcome everyone and welcome Alex to our session. And you're the first student, uh, we're hosting you as no. the first student, no? Well, first, yeah, current, technically, uh, because yeah. Michael uh, and they, they were, uh, they actually They're, finished. Yeah. They graduated when, when we, yeah. um, they so were already first graduated, current yeah. student in the last episode of the season. So welcome, Alex. <laughs> thank, you, thank you so much. That's your I title. Mean, <laughs> there you go. Every season finale needs to have something stronger and unexpected and new. So. Yes. We have, we have a different, we have a similar structure for today's session, a bit different. And we would like to encourage you to ask any questions, feel free to uh, drop your questions in the chat or stop us and just, if the option of raising hands is there, we can also um, let you contribute with your own story. Um, um, and then we have a little exercise or surprise at the end of the session. Yes, Alex? Inshallah, so, let's, hope, let's, hope, let's hope that that works out. Yes, it will work out. So Alex, welcome again. Uh, you're one of us. It's going to be a casual talk. And um, tell, us, uh, tell us about yourself very briefly, who you are and what are you doing here? <laughs> yep. So I'm a, I'm a PhD student and also a, a, a researcher for a think tank. Um, called the Global Initiative Against Transnational Organized Crime. Um, so as part of my PhD research, I do research on 
uh, smuggling and trafficking networks in, in uh, West Africa. Uh, I focus uh, mostly on, on the Sahara uh, Desert, but I'm also looking at, um, at North Africa uh, a little bit. And, and so the routes between West Africa and, and, uh, and, and North Africa. Um, I'm using agent-based modeling mostly as a, as a, as a method and, and social network um, analysis. That's part of my job. So now I'm actually a research manager. I used to be a, a senior analyst until very recently. So I've got a bit of a new challenge. It's quite, quite exciting, but um, I have basically been doing uh, a lot of reporting and, and research for the European Union on uh, developments linked to smuggling and trafficking networks in the same focus region as, as my PhD. Um, my new role is, is to uh, set up uh, the uh, Global Initiatives uh, Nigeria Observatory, Organized Crime Observatory. Uh, so, so hiring the team and and and, and running the uh, and and running the research uh, machine. So, so that's that. Very interesting. Very interesting. I think um, I've been hearing a lot about your experience, and we we did our masters together back in 2017-2018 and um, I've always heard about your um, traveling experience and all of the research that you were involved in but um, the question here is how did you and do you manage uh, between your work life and your PhD life um, it's usually a question we have that okay PhD is on itself a full-time job kind of thing and then you have some other responsibilities on top of that. And congratulations on your promotion, your recent promotion, by the way. So tell us more about that balance that um, you have um, between work-life balance. It, it's it's pretty tough. So I, I mean, I I don't think I I don't think I've found an answer to like how to you know how to to, to navigate this successfully. But I I've managed to cope. Uh, you know, to cope with it. So technically, my work weeks at the moment are, I'm supposed to contractually work 70 hours a week. Uh, that's contractually. So that's, that means, you know, if I do things uh, effectively, and <laughs> so I'm always, so this is why I'm, I'm obsessed with, with productivity, because I'm constantly trying to find, a, a, you know, ways to, to cut down on, on, on the time needed to do stuff. Um, and I guess the so so a combination of, of of these things. So trying to improve my productivity constantly, delegating when I can, and uh, also coping and managing uh, expectations a lot. So pushing back and uh, you know asking for, for for longer deadlines on on many uh, issues. And I think that that shouldn't be uh, forgotten you know you can you can always push back a little bit uh so that's so, how I survive. with 70 hours a week i wonder do you have a rest day and uh when you were talking about copying and managing expectations is it also your own expectation of what you want to do that day for instance hundred percent so i mean i i've always said that i have I have, uh, you know, like four or five pillars that, that make me happy. And if I'm not happy, 
I won't be able to be productive. And, and one of those pillars is the, you know, is, is having a social life and, uh, and, and being able to, to do some sports and, uh, and, and having time to myself. Uh, so I usually have at least one or two uh, rest days. It's very possible that it's, you know, I'll have like half a day and then I'll work for a few hours. Um, but uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I've, I've got a very, I would say I've got a, quite a balanced lifestyle. I've got quite a, a lot of friends that I see often. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, and yeah, cope and, and managing my own expectations as to what I can do is something I'm pretty bad at uh, still. <laughs> uh, but I, I try to be a little bit more ambitious in, in what, I'm, what I try to do. And, and then I, you know, if I don't reach it, so be it. But at least I'll be closer to that uh, to that objective. And I I can see like you are aware of the uh, the lifestyle and you have uh, an approach to tackle it like five pillars you mentioned which we will dig into um, very shortly. Um, what is it that brought you to this kind of awareness of managing your time, as you said, delegating and managing expectations? What was the turning point? What was the failure that brought you to this? Yeah, I, I, so, I mean, I guess it's, it's pretty hard. If I were to find a turning point, um, I'd, uh, you know, I'd, I'd probably go back in time. I, the, the, the reason why I'm doing this is just because I, I try to bring, you know, I try to, 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 to say yes to as many things as, as possible because I know how rare opportunities can be. And so when an opportunity comes up, it's really hard for me to say no. Um, and, and, and as a result, and, and that's probably what I should be working on, it's like being better at saying no, but I don't want to. Um, and so as a result, I'm trying to you know, manage, because on top of, of the research work I do, I do some consultancies and I, and I have you know, a few other projects on the side, uh, personal ones. And so I, you know, it's, there's, there is a lot to manage when you when you have high expectations as to uh, for yourself and also as to what you want to to do. But uh, the reason, perhaps, why I'm I'm less inclined to say no is uh, is the fact that I well, basically, I was a lousy student. I was very very lazy. Um, I'd say up until the age of 22. Um, so I my first degree, I did almost no work at all. I would just turn up to the exams and sit the exams, um, and uh, and I finished with a with what some people coin a, a gentleman's degree, which is basically you turn up to lessons and you've got a degree, but it, it's not a very good one. And I uh, and I realised that uh, shoot, I'm gonna I'm I'm screwed now because I've I've got a pretty shit degree from a from a good university. I went to King's. Uh, but I, but I, you know, I didn't know what what I wanted, and I, the only thing I was interested in was this contemporary war um, strategy uh, module that I that I did at at school, and though, and then I basically decided to, yeah, I, I decided to hustle, <laughs> really desperately because my degree was so bad, and I went to Nigeria and and and, and worked there for two years. Um, but I think that had I not 
had that sort of um, uh, turning point where I realized, oh shoot, if I don't work and if I don't hustle now, I'm not gonna get much. I probably wouldn't be as obsessed with uh, or as um, hardworking as, as I am today. Yeah. So in, in, the, in the random approach you had to your degree, you found um, passion. And once you followed it, you found a structure um, is that what you're trying to say? Uh, yeah, I think that, yeah, that's a good one. I think that, yeah, finding structure is, is, is kind of necessary to follow a passion and do it well. Very interesting. So you ended up in, in Nigeria after going through all of this experience. Um, and how, how did you put it all together? How did it all happen? Like, uh, how did the productivity routine come to life before we talk about the productivity routine that you have? I would say the, so the turning point really was after Nigeria. So I worked for the EU as first as a trainee and then as a, as a consultant on, on security and, and political dynamics there. Um, so I was working on, on terrorism in the north and, and Niger Delta militancy in the south and, and all kinds of uh, political issues because we were also covering elections so it was, it was a really fun and interesting job but then when I came back to London and do my master's at UCL I didn't know what I was worth because all I knew was I was valued at work but I didn't know what I was worth in the in in academia uh, so I and I um so I was very I was very anxious and, and I wanted to do well at the same time I applied for a job at the global initiative as a research assistant um, and, uh, and I took those two jobs on, so the masters and the, and the job, and I thought, oh shoot, I, I better be good at this if I'm, mm. if I'm gonna do so. And I ended up doing it. I think I got the, the best grades, luckily, in the, um, in the masters in the end, uh, for, the, for my uh, dissertation. So it ended up uh, going well, but, um, but yeah, lots of uh, hard work and, and sweating uh, in, the, in the process. I think I think this is a very nice example of how you turned a failure or I wouldn't call it a failure, but you being a bit of um, young with an attitude, being careless, right? You were in that kind of mindset and you turned it into a positive experience by acknowledging it. Um, hey, listen, Alex, you're telling yourself I haven't done well. Let me just turn this around. 100%. And to be honest, you, you did very well in your master's, um, the COCT one. I, I believe you were the top of the, the cohort. That's, that's itself that shows where you were at and where you um, um, ended up in that um, journey. Um, and one thing on that point of view that really struck me was when you talked about the pillars, saying, I need to have those five pillars that, I mean, I think to what you told us about your approach to the BSc and then how everything turned, it's quite a steep curve. But also, I asked about the rest day, you mentioned sports, and that's something that I really value a lot, having the opportunities to just get your mind out of stuff because you're doing sports, so you kind of reset everything. So I wonder, uh, I wonder about how then sports are actually part of your life. Do you kind of put it in your routine at specific times, specific moments, anything like that? Yeah. Yeah, I... I, I 
sorry, go for it. Yeah, yeah, you go for it, then I'll, I'll share something with the audience. I, uh, so I've never been a, a big sportsman, but then again, it's, it's, uh, I, I, I wasn't when I was lazy and stuff. Increasingly so as I, you know, with age, but I'm still not, you know, I'm still not a marathon runner, but, um, but yeah, I think it's, listen, you have to take care of your hardware for the software to work. Uh, mm -hmm. If you don't, if you don't do sports, and and if you don't eat healthy, and like it's not going, you can't sustain. So it's it's all about how can you keep the the machine productive and happy, uh, and and it needs to be happy to be productive, and it needs to be healthy to be productive. So, I mean, I think that I didn't prioritize health much during my masters, for instance. I was still trying to get the in the past two years I've prioritized it a lot more um, because I felt like I was I was letting go of the of the hardware a bit uh, but um and I yeah it makes you much happier so I mean I can I can go about describing how I fit it in in my day I think everyone needs to find their own um, what works for them I think that in with sports in particular having been someone who hated sports and who's now you know increasingly enjoying it you really need to find something that you like and there's um there's actually a test that you can do online it's quite a it's quite a uh, it's quite a I'll, I'll find the link and send it in the group chat um which based on your personality and and it's quite an, an extensive test will will recommend some a specific sports that you can that you should try if you mm. if you haven't found your niche uh, yet so nice let me share a little uh, of your experience of sports you say you're not that much into sports but a little birdie told me that you practice yoga but that's not but that's not i mean i wouldn't Yoga is yoga can be sports, definitely. It's really yeah. it can be really hard. But the stuff that you've seen me do in the office is mostly enhanced so, stretching. Can you can you guys see my screen? <laughs> yes, we can. So that's Alex on a normal working day in the office. So you suddenly find him on his mat practicing yoga. And I was lucky to be there and capture this moment. And I, I call this commitment, actually. It's, it's very important not just to blabber about all of these things that you do. And this is commitment. And I think it brings a nice uh, kind of energy to the room as well. You're kind of giving it, um, it's like contagious. You're giving it to the other students as well in the department. Well, now because of the pandemic, the department looks almost empty, but there are quite a few of us over there. Uh, so, so tell us more about this. I mean, I can see a cobra stretch. <laughs> wow, impressive. I, I think, uh, listen, I, I need, you know, when you, perhaps it's because I'm a bit, I might be a bit agitated, but I need to, I need to stretch. And like, sometimes I just feel if you've worked really hard, you need to, you need to find something to, um, you know, distract your mind. And, and so it can be push-ups, you do 30 push-ups. Uh, there are so many things that, that you sh you should um, that you should find just as as a break. Stretching when you spend your whole day sitting down is ultra important. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for these so, pictures. 
<laughs> as you might have seen, I mean, in classic uh, uh, things of the screen sharing, but we talk about how to tackle procrastination and so on, and you're showing us what you do, but how's that effective then in, uh, in taking it? I mean, I love the fact that you are able to put yourself on the mat and do yoga in the middle of the morning, in the middle of the office. Takes quite a bit of bravery, to be honest, as well. So uh, I'm really appreciating it. Um, but how does, why does it make a difference for you in taking the, those moments when just your mind is not going? Because I, because I, I basically, it comes as a necessity. So I, I'd say when you're, when my brain is sort of saturated, um, there are a few things that I usually do, and I actually have a little list. So I keep everything in my life, all my work, all my to-dos, everything uh, that is synced with my calendar in an app called Todoist. And I have a, a Todoist list of things to do. Um, like even just for me to remember, uh, you know, the, the various things. Uh, but so I'm I'm looking at my list right now, and it's and and what I have there is stretch or yoga, um, water or tea, meditation, breath work, and I can go go into that uh, afterwards. Um, now, one one thing I, that I do and I love is turning upside down. So doing a handstand against the wall, or at home I've got a, a special chair, which it, which makes it really easy, and you just put your shoulders in it, and and basically all the blood flows towards your head, and I find it really relaxing. Uh, but um, but I guess it might not be for everyone. Uh, running, and then um, taking a nap. Although I'm very bad at napping, but but drinking an espresso before that nap, uh, you know, makes it generally a little bit easier. If I'm very tired, like like last night, I only slept four hours, I think. So I might consider a nap in that room uh, uh, back there, uh, or or at least you know lying down with my eyes closed for twenty minutes. So that's those are that's what I do. It's mostly out of necessity. I, you know, you, you you can't keep on working for for hours. And and by the way, in terms of I divide my time in, in deep work and monkey work. This is what I, I like to call it. The deep work is like writing, reading, and monkey work is more like project management, calls, stuff like that. And, and I don't think that you can do, or at least I can't, except if I've got a deadline. And this is where what's called Parkinson's law comes into play. And this is why, for instance, you know, before thinking about what I'm going to talk uh, in this in this thing, I, I'll just I, I sent a text to Somaya at 10 a.m. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and so I'll, I'd rather have very limited time because I know I'll be able to fit more. Um, but um, yeah, I I, I uh, that's that's how I roll. So you kind of force your brain to focus on a single task for a limited period of time, and then you move to the next. That's that kind of approach, you mean? So I think your brain that, so, is forced to focus. So Parkinson's law is is basically the you can you guys can Google it if you don't know it already. But it's it's um, it's basically the closer you are to a deadline, the more you're 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 likely to to do the work, right? Mm -hmm. 
Um, and so me on a typical day, I won't be able to do more than four hours of deep work. And if I manage to do four hours of deep work, deep work, if I manage to do four hours of deep work, it's a really good day. Mm. Now, if I've got a deadline that the, the next day, I might be able to fit you know, 12, but I, but it won't be sustainable. I can't do that. Um, you know, I, I can't do that days in a, in a row. And um, Alex, I know um, we discussed this briefly today, uh, like, and before as well, we always have discussions about well-being and how to maintain our well-being during uh, PhD. But we have a question here from Lauren. He's saying, how do you, um, uh, let me just read it so I don't rephrase it strongly. So um, how do you define procrastination and consider an acceptable of procrastination, if at all? So how do you define procrastination? I know what my, my style of procrastination is. How do you define it? Yeah, I, I mean, on the definition front, Laurent, it's a, it's a tough one. I, um, the, the amount me, of procrastination, how was acceptable Procrastination, level? for me, the real definition of procrastination, I mean, in my eyes, the way I perceive it is you, you're working on something that you don't want to be working on that you don't really want to be working on. Because at the end of the day, anything I do is, you know, is an activity. So it's, you know, it's anything throughout my day is an activity <laughs> when, you, yeah. when you think about it. So, so it's an activity that you're doing sometimes unconsciously uh, that you don't really want to be doing. Um, so that's why, you know, talking about basil pesto if that's not what you want to be doing, there will be procrastination, in my opinion. But if it's something that you want to be doing as part of a, as part of, you know, small experiment. Or, or an experiment, or I think it's, that's, that's my opinion, but there you go. I like that you say, you use the word, uh, uh, the, the verb want. I mean, that's something I wouldn't use in my definition. And it's interesting because it means that even if it is something not related to the task that is like work, if it is something you want to do, it's not procrastination. Yeah. And um, that, no, that's actually very interesting to me. Yeah. I wonder on the view with that type of definition, if there is any then level of acceptability as asked from Laurent. Sorry for the pronunciation that wasn't great. Yeah, I, I... I think that's all I see what you mean. Uh, I think that's quite interesting. I think that in terms of I think when you procrastinate, you have to understand why you're procrastinating. Mm -hmm. And and the issue for me is often uh, one probably that I find a task is too difficult. And why is a task or, or my perception of that task is too difficult? Um it can be for a variety of reasons. One, because it's boring. And mm -hmm. so a boring task is always difficult to, to do. And, and so if a task is boring, then I need to think to myself, okay, I need to justify, uh, um, I need to find a reason why, what am I gonna get out of this task at the end of the day? Am I, is there anything that I can get out of this task? You know even if it's just being able to surmount a difficult, a boring task, that's already something I can get out of it. Uh, so, so trying to find the you know, motivation, reminding yourself of why you need to do this task and stuff, you know, might help 
me. The, the other reason why, uh, that I, I, I like to, to think in terms of procrastination and, and why I'm not, uh, I, I find a task difficult is simply because I don't, I lack the courage. I, I feel like com combating procrastination is a lot about having the courage to do so. And, and there's a, a variety of reasons why you might lack that courage. Often I find that it's because I'm tired and that's why sleep is so important. If I'm too tired and I've got a massive task, I'm not brave enough to, to surmount it. I need to, I need to try to find that, that, that brave, that courage to, to, to surmount it. And that's why like in a morning routine, I think that, um, and that's why I try to increase my dopamine levels, for instance, to be happier and, and to have more energy. Um, and that might mean, you know, taking a cold shower in the morning uh, or a Scottish shower. So you start warm and then you finish for 45 to a minute, seconds to a minute cold and you focus on your breathing and that, you know, lowers your blood pressure, increases your dopamine levels, Im improves your immunity etc etc and makes you more productive like studies uh, have have suggested that it makes you that it makes you feel more productive at least so we have an input here from sarah she's saying she defines uh procrastination as not working on something that i should be doing for example actively avoiding a task uh, which we all agree on uh, but that means you are actually thinking about the task in the back of your mind. It keeps, you know, nagging. You should be doing your work. You should be doing your work. Like my personal habit is I always think I have to clean the whole house before I sit down and work. I always have that kind of thing. You know, the kitchen is dirty. I have to clean the dishes. And, you know, so you put these excuses for yourself, but it's not priority at that moment. You have other priorities. Um, so, it, and it, as, as Sarah mentioned, it keeps bothering me that I have to write my assignment or my paper or finish a chapter today. So I came up with a technique, which was, um, I found it in the Productivity Project, um, the book by Chris Bailey, which is the procrastination list. So I prepared a list of things to do around the house. So when I'm procrastinating, I am also productive. So I finish tasks around the house or things I need to do instead of me just wasting my time doing things that are not necessary. So at the time I'm procrastinating, I'm uh, crossing things off my to-do list as well. That's maybe a technique um, others could benefit from. But... Um, you mentioned uh, you mentioned um, your daily routine, uh, Alex. I think we haven't tackled that. Your morning routine, yeah. the evening routine. If you can tell us more about this, like not approaching your days in a random way or doing whatever you feel. You have like a certain structure. I try at least. I'm not always successful at, at uh, keeping it, but I, 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 I feel much happier when I do, um, I, I think that that's also important. And, and you know, feeling satisfied about your day is kind of important when you, when you, when you work hard. And so, yeah, so, I mean, the cold shower is, is one uh, to increase your dopamine levels. That's the in the morning? Thing, in the morning, yeah, yeah. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so cold shower in the morning. Start with warm. 
I like pretty hot. And then I'll finish really cold. Gradually, 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 really cold. Make sure you get your neck in it. And, and, and I mean, I, I just let it fall on my hair. It's actually quite good for your skin too, cold water. Um, but you feel amazing. It, it, it becomes quite addictive. Don't keep it for, for 10 seconds. That doesn't work. You need to keep it for 45 seconds. Focus be on your brave. breath. And, it, and it, be brave. And you know what? If you do your cold shower in the morning, you'll be braver for the rest of the day. Really? Um, I'm going to try that. And I'll I, tell you the result. You'll, you'll love it. it. It becomes addictive. Um, I hate cold showers. If you are able to make me have a cold shower a day, that, that's something that no one would ever imagine. That's so, a challenge for you, Enrico. Try it and tell us. Then, then Enrico, start warm. So it's called the Scottish shower. So you start really warm. And then at the end, you, you, and you start with your head. And by the, by the time it trickles down to the rest of your body, the water will have been a little warmer and your, and your, and your head will feel a bit numb. Um, but um, no, so, so that that's that honestly is is life changing. I, I think that a cold shower everybody should, should do. Um, the other one that I like to do is is a matcha, but I feel like I like matcha green tea because it's quite healthy, but also it gives you a kick of of um, well, it's not really a kick; it's like a sustained kick as as opposed to coffee where you get a bit of a peak. Uh, with matcha, you get I think the combination of theanine and and Caffeine basically means that your the energy is sustained for a longer time. Yeah, um, and and then if I can, and I don't always, but I feel much more productive when I do. Um, I'm I meditate or I do yoga for 10, 10, 15 minutes. Basically, very simple stretches just to wake up your body. There were studies on meditation uh, where people that were meditating actually uh, after meditating had a, a very high response of their neurons so basically they were their mind was quicker and more open to do things mm. uh, so what you're saying about meditation is actually um, interesting on that point of view because uh, it's something that has been proven with some studies um, so actually very yeah well. and you feel so amazing really Taken from this, there's another question from him, or at least a comment. Um, sometimes I wonder if we have internalized the structural social pressure to be productive at all costs. Mm -hmm. I've come to realize that a bit of procrastination is a good thing. You can even work it in your routine schedule. Oh, I love this comment. Mm -hmm. What do you think about this, Alex? I well, we've we spoken about it with uh, with Laurent before, <laughs> I see. which is why I'm, which is why I see he's hiding behind us. He's, he's not putting his camera on; he's probably laughing. He's, he's trying but, to push you now. He's, uh, yeah, he's pushing me. No, listen, I, I think that if you can afford, I, I I I agree, but I don't call it procrastination. It's just a, I think it's just a matter of labeling. It's like that talk. I think that a small talk at the at the at the coffee machine for 15 minutes is necessary it's called a break and it's and it's not procrastination uh, like uh, a break is necessary procrastination is doing something that i don't want to do uh, so i and if i also what's really important in your day you know best when you work best i work best first thing in the morning and i work best in the evenings for deep work 
the rest of the day, I can kind of push myself to do monkey, what I call monkey work. So I try to keep all my calls in the afternoon um, and, and all the admin stuff in the, in the afternoon and, and late morning. That's, you know, so, so if I'm procrastinating in my afternoons, I don't really feel bad. Uh, but um, no, I agree, of course, that there's, there's a total pressure to be productive at all costs. That pressure for me comes from the fact that I don't, well, I want to live the life that I'm leading. So I've got contractually 70 hours. I need to fulfill those commitments. And so I, I don't really have a choice um, now that I've accepted that. Um, the question would be perhaps, but it's more of, a, of an existential one is, should you put yourself in this uh, in this situation in the first place? And, uh, you know, but, uh, but that's, I guess, is, uh, is a question of life philosophy. So knowing your biological prime time, I guess, like when are you at your most productivity and invest into those um, times of the day? And when you mentioned that you're most productive in the morning and in the evening. So, um, and I also agree with you, Alex, when you said that it's called a break when you, when you do this, um, like go for a coffee break, you're not procrastinating. Actually, you need to stretch your legs you need to socialize, you need to um, talk to your colleagues. Um, procrastination is, as you mentioned, something that's boring, that's something that you find difficult, something that you don't see the reward for it. So you don't want to do it. But what, what examples do you have, Alex, of tasks that fall into these um, characteristics or these um, kind of description you mentioned earlier? Give us examples of tasks you would procrastinate on. Um, I, I mean, I do believe that sometimes procrastination is necessary for creativity. And I think that it's really, it's easier for me to procrastinate with deep work. So when it comes to writing something that necessitates some thinking, you know, some or thinking out of the box, uh, you know, it's like an out of, out of, procrastination and boredom you'd um you know you uh you you come up with new ideas i liked your idea of the procrastination list because now i think i'll take away something there in terms of how i label my tasks on on todoist because you can sometimes fall and this is the importance of always um classifying, I think it's called the Eisenhower matrix, but classifying your tasks in terms of importance and urgency. And, and so one way I would subconsciously procrastinate perhaps is by, uh, one could argue, is by doing the easy tasks on my lists. And that's, an, uh, you know, some kind of the urgent tasks that aren't very important or tasks that aren't urgent or important. And that would be a form of, of procrastination. One could also argue that actually, and this is what I usually argue to myself, at least, I might be wrong. Um, these tasks need to be done. I feel like doing them now. I might as well just do them now. Mm. And then uh, I might as well just do them now. And then as time goes by and I get closer to the deadline for that important and urgent task, I will be more, more likely to apply, and now we've got another concept that comes into, into play, the 80-20 Pareto rule, 
and do the task a little bit quick and dirty, uh, you know, and maybe not spend as much time as I would have otherwise on it, but at least get it done um, uh, in, a, in a quick fashion. I usually, I usually uh, procrastinate when I receive feedback from my supervisors that I have to sit down and read through. So I try to do anything to avoid reading that kind of feedback. It kind of scares me. But then what I do is, you know, you get these comments on the document that you've shared. I kind of think um, of it as um, you're playing a, a video game and there's a time limit that's assigned. The faster you finish, the better. So I kind of challenge myself. Oh, this is like playing a game. Oh, this comment, resolved, resolved, resolved. So it becomes like I'm playing a game with myself uh, in an in mm. a, in a academic way, like, you know, remove the comments as much as I can within half an hour, you know? So- I think that's really smart. Yeah, I think game, like, gamifying it is, is game key. Yeah, it's like playing Super Mario, like a time limited kind of collect as many coins as you can. So I kind of take that and apply it on Word documents sometimes. And it works for me. I don't know if it will work for you guys. There's the Forest app also that you can try to use, which, which uses another, the Pareto rule. And every time you, you fulfill a task, you, you, you plant a new tree and then you end up having a forest and you can sort of... Yeah compare your thing it hasn't really worked for me oddly enough because i'm quite competitive so perhaps it's because i haven't been i haven't i haven't uh, downloaded it with the right people but i'm happy to to download it with you guys and see how how we say <laughs> we should do that actually Ju juliana agrees with me actually she does the same and um, the time limit thing i think I think the brain responds well if you put it, put this time limit pressure on it. I'm not an expert, but at least I mean it's it's related to what Laurent was saying about um, what Alex was saying about the productivity peaks that you have when you're closer to a deadline. You feel the idea yeah. of the deadline with the time going. Uh, we have another question from Laurent. Yeah. Um, how would you all feel about setting aside more time for a task than you know you need? So it's not about estimating the time that we know that humans tend to estimate more optimistically than what they can do, but more like what if you want to set a time that you know it's longer than what you need for a task? How would you feel? Basically including the idea that you will be slower and uh, you will be procrastinating to your scheduling of the time. And How giving yourself relaxed I mean, targets, you mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Relaxed targets. Yeah, basically saying, okay, this task would take three hours. I'll mm. allocate four hours so that I have some basically margin for me to do even something that is not related to work at all, for instance. How would you feel? Uh, it's asked for all three of us, actually. I mean, personally, I think it's a great idea in that it will it will leave you more satisfied. And if that's, it will leave you, it's, it's nice to finish a day and have accomplished all the tasks that you set yourself. And you're more likely to, if you set yourself less tasks and more time, and that, you know, I guess satisfaction is, is important. On the other hand, depending on your personality, setting too much time for a task might lead you to more procrastination. I don't know, but I think I, I understand the value there. 
but then Alex, that takes me to uh, one of the questions I had. Um, maybe we discussed it briefly this morning as well. Um, when do you become like realistic about your procrastination habit and when you're in denial? So how do you acknowledge that I am actually procrastinating? So you don't give yourself excuses. No, I need to finish this task first. I need to clean the kitchen first. I need to vacuum first. What, when is it that we need to acknowledge that we are procrastinating? How do we reach to that kind of consciousness about it? I mean, I, yeah, I guess, I think that mindfulness and meditation probably helps you, probably helps you with that a lot, just by acknowledging what you're doing. Um, I feel like we can sometimes just walk, wander and, and do things without really uh, realizing what we're doing. When you're mindful about what you're focusing on, and this, and, and you know, if meditation is not for you, um, and, and you've tried and it's hard, and I understand it, it can be really difficult. Breath work is, is pretty much, well, for me has yielded pretty much the same effect because you end up focusing on your breath, which is what you do when you start meditation, most meditation practices anyway. You focus on one thing for 10 minutes and being able to start your day focusing or throughout the day, focus on one thing for 10 minutes something as simple as your breath means that you'll be able to focus on something else for, or the thing that you want to focus on for another 10 minutes or possibly longer. I remember when I, before I discovered really meditation and breath work, I used to basically take a pen and focus on the tip of my pen for like a minute. And I realized that if I managed to focus on it, and literally I mean not taking my eyes off the tip of my pen for one minute, then I could focus on on whatever I wanted to. Um, I don't know if that's a... It's interesting we have Juliana, she's like uh, more into using um, coloring, maybe coloring books than meditating. So it's, it relaxes um, and mm. makes you focus. I think also that Juliana's comment is important to uh, make a point of this amazing session, to be honest, I'm learning a lot. Um, that is, Everyone has their own way to deal with different things. Some things may work for one person, not for the other one, Definitely. for another one. So, you have to um, come your own recipe. You to be honest, I think, yeah, I think they are great, but let's not, as you said, if we have a recipe and uh, we have a different ingredient, that means we will, may need to adapt. If you, if you are doing a cake with a different type of flour, you need to adapt because that will, will react differently. And uh, we are the flower. So having a different person may, may mean there are some adaptations to be done. And it's actually interesting this point exactly in this perspective. Some people may not be for meditation. To be honest, I fell asleep many times when I tried it. Um, and some others may find it better than active ones. So, but, but this is just as amazing as the whole session, being able to point out all these kind of, there's yeah. a lot of different things that can be done. Actually being mindful of time, um, I think we should divert to the last question that we ask all our speakers in this season. That is the free learn lessons, free key lessons, tips that you would like to give us about this topic. 
kind of it can be things you have already mentioned. It's just uh, yeah. taking out the three most important informations you would get. Well, I would I would say to as as you've just said actually, I I would say uh, learn what works for you by testing plenty of different things. I feel like I'm constantly testing uh, and trying to improve, and I get joy from doing it. So I you know. Um, I would say, you know, learn what works for you, really, um, and 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 find a routine that makes you happy, and that will will bring you stability wherever you find yourself. I I used to before COVID, I used to travel a lot, like a lot every three days, and and that might resume actually um, uh, next year. So I'm really enjoying, you know, being able to have some stability, but no matter what you do and this is why people love yoga so much and meditation it's like no matter where you are and, and no matter what position you're in you know you can still breathe and um and and feel relaxed and uh and that's what's so beautiful about it i think and i you know i i feel like that's uh that's an important one and then the third one is uh tr try Try a bit of breath work, <laughs> and I'll, I'll send a link. I'll send a link towards a, a, what's called pranayama, which is kind of the the basics in yoga. You know, in yoga, I don't know if you've ever done a yoga session. They'll always tell you to focus on your breath, no matter what. And you're just like, what do you mean, focus on my breath? I'm in this uncomfortable position, but that's the basics. Um, and it it just makes you feel amazing. It gives you a, a natural high. It clears your head. Uh, and it makes you feel so, um, you know, so so powerful in a way. Uh, I, um, I I highly recommend breathwork. It's I don't know why it's not taught in schools. Um, you know, it it improves your your immune system. It it makes you more focused. It's uh, it's really amazing. Can you demonstrate this kind of um, breath yeah. exercise? Maybe so very briefly. Very, very briefly. You would need, you know, you would need for good exercise, you need like 15 minutes, I'd say, but there are various uh, things that you can do. I'm sure that many of you have come across them, but things like breath retention. So, you know, inhaling for five seconds, retaining your breath for six seconds, and then exhaling for seven seconds, and you can change with these with these these numbers, right? And, and more advanced you go, you can retain your breath for longer. And then and and some breaths uh, work I've done, you know, really makes you sweat uh, because of the body uh, temperature changes. Mm. Uh, there are other practices where you inhale through one nostril and exhale through the other. You can also add uh, a breath retention to that. Uh, there's there are different types of breaths that you can also uh, play around with. So there's one breath called ujjayi breath, for instance, where it's where you constrict the air in the back of your throat. It's a little bit like when you're trying to fog um, a window, you know, and it allows mm -hmm. you to actually exhale for a longer period of time. So you can. With ujjayi breath, it's very easy to exhale for 30 seconds, for instance, and and, and that has some uh, a different uh, impacts on 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 your on your blood, on the amount of oxygen in your blood, and 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 the way you feel. 
Um, so yeah, I, that's what I uh, that's what I would would recommend. If you don't know it, just try it out um, and and let and let us know how you feel. We'll share we'll share some videos with uh, yeah. everyone uh, with the video when it's published on our website, so you can um, try them as well. And you always have Alex to go back to and maybe ask questions and practice. I I had I had difficulty sleeping like um, during the lockdown last year, and um, I I was um, someone suggested to me that I do a bumblebee breath uh, breathing exercise and it really helped me. From the second time, I don't need any kind of sleeping pills or whatever. It just the sleeping routine came back on its own naturally. So I strongly believe in the breathing exercises. And it's something you can do while you're sitting at your desk, on the train, commuting. Um, sometimes I see people doing it on the, on the train. And I'm like, oh, breathing is meditating. So it's, it's very important for us to take time to uh, practice these things. And as um, we always discuss with uh, Alex in the department, it's like, uh, we shouldn't just approach our PhD randomly. It's time for us to take it step by step and pay attention to our well-being as well. Because first of all, it's a lot of work, um, so it's very demanding. Secondly, the topics some of us, or maybe most of us, if not all, uh, are very sensitive topics. So it kind of consumes your, uh, consumes consumes you mentally, physically, emotionally. You have to find your recipe, as, as we talked about, to let it out of your system and restart. Um, that was, I think, was a great, great um, session, um, Alex. That's um, the season finale I could think about. It was oh, like yeah. a season Thank finale, very valuable. And it's very important to hear it from a student who's um, currently um, doing the work himself. It's, um, Thank you very much, Alex, for your time. Thank you, thank everyone, you, Alex. Thanks a lot. for joining. And thank you to, to the audience as well. It was good to see throughout the, yeah. the season the, the episodes that you remember you can always see online on the Secret Society website. Um, it was good to see people engaging with us. I think for Somia, myself, Martin, Juliana, Ray, Sarah, uh, it was always very important for us to see this kind of interaction. Every time we were finishing these sessions, really happy. So uh, thank you, all of you. Uh, thanks, Alex, for being our guest this time. And thanks to all the guests previously. Um, and thank you, Enrico, for being with us on this journey. Uh, it's been like a uh, uh, nine sessions, I think. And um, they were all... <laughs> Uh, contributing to each one of us in a different way and thank you for being on board. Actually, I think this one Can might support? have been the 10th. Is it the 10th? I think so. But yeah. one important thing on that point of view is also that, guys, season two is coming. So re always remember, we are interested in your failures, your messed up moments. Yeah. So have a nice summer break. Enjoy the sunshine and the heat wave and we will be back very soon and if you have any stories of failures or lessons learned please contact us and we can put you in the schedule of the future shows and we'll arrange that with you so till then stay safe 
and take care and we'll see you soon. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, everyone. This has been the Messed Up series. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes of the series at uclsecretsociety.org slash messed up.